Welcome back to another episode of the Fish and Grits Podcast. I am King A. I am Dia. And we are not going to waste any more time because we got a lot of shit to talk about. So what do you want to talk about first? Let's jump into the foolishness. Let's just go ahead and get the politics out the way. Okay. Because um, <laughs> I think there's like a pressing issue that, you mm-hmm. know, we have, mm-hmm. you know, direct implications on the future of our world here. Um, So... Super Tuesday was last Tuesday. It was one of the uh, Democratic primaries where, like, they voted in, you know, some of these states for, like, delegates and different things like that. Um, the top two people that did the best out of this was Joe Biden and Bernie Sanders. I am so shocked that, like, Elizabeth Warren, like, didn't get more out of it. Um, Mike Bloomberg also didn't do anything. I mean, I'm happy about that. But uh, he spent all that money and still, like, you know, had to drop out. Well, the I debates, think the next day, the debates were proof enough that he he wouldn't be ready for somebody like Trump because Elizabeth Warren was digging into his ass and he had mm-hmm. nothing to say. Mm-hmm. But um, I think it was sad to see Elizabeth Warren go. <clears throat> yeah, people, y'all really liked Just her, because- didn't y'all? I, well, I'm I'm not gonna say that I really really liked her. I just felt that like um, when you put up competence versus incompetence <laughs> she definitely looks better on the competent side um she definitely had plans for different things um she was very, i think she was strong uh i definitely think that especially when you look at the women of color aspect she definitely has been championed for women of color like since the beginning like of her presidential i guess run mm-hmm. and it never <clears> felt <throat> like fake from other people, like you know how Hillary came out and was like, "I'm with her." She literally was pandering to black people and black women in general, especially with the whole hot sauce in my bag thing that she pulled on the Breakfast Club. Mm. But Elizabeth was never like that, and I guess that's why. I, you know, I feel like I liked her in that aspect of it. I definitely didn't want Joe Biden because he just sounds like he's malfunctioning, <laughs> or I don't know. I feel like he's going through dementia or something. I don't know. All of them right now. All I hope of presidents, all of them are above 70 years old of age. I have no, like, you know, I'm not trying to be, what's the word, ageism? I'm not trying to, like, say, like, old people can't do it. It's just, like, we went from having the youngest, most diverse candidate for a presidential run to now we are left with three old white men. And it's just, like, how do we keep getting to this point? Wait, who was the third white man? I thought Michael Bloomberg dropped out. It's Bernie Sanders, Joe Biden, and then you got Trump. Oh, I'm thinking, oh, I, I'm just more so focusing on, like, Democratic uh, Oh, the Democratic? No, I'm yeah. just looking at, like, all the people. If you're going to get, it's like you either going to get the same old white man, which is Trump, or you're going to get a new one. So it's just, and then they were just saying, like, a lot of black people were voting for Biden because they tied him to, to Obama. Barack Obama. Yeah. Exactly. And, like, a lot of the older black people was like, well, you know, I was happy about Obama. He was in Obama's presidency. I'm a vote for Joe Biden. Biden might have the best chance at beating Trump. Probably. I don't know I mean, if Bernie can. Yeah. I mean, Bernie has the the millennials backing him, but I don't know if the older generation trusts him enough to feel like they can put their future in his hands. And plus, all the stuff he want to do, all that radical change he's trying to do, especially towards our future, like, I don't think they down with it. Trying to legalize mm-hmm. marijuana, coming up with stuff to clear student debt. Like, he's He's way more, I guess, forward-thinking and progressive than maybe, like, Biden or Trump or mm-hmm. any other candidate would be. And I just don't know how the other generation fuck with that. Plus, like, Biden has a lot... Not Biden. Um, Sanders has a lot of health issues. So it's like, I mean, if he did become president, how long would he stay in there? And he would need a strong VP who people would be able to trust to take over if his health failed or he could just up and die one day. And then I think because he's really not technically a democratic uh he's not democratic he's independent i think that a lot of democrats are really fucking with him on that tip because they feel like you can't jump over into our pool you know just because 
I don't know what it is about the independent run. I guess they don't get as much attention, but I don't know why he just doesn't run under that banner. And he could probably be like the first independent candidate to win because I don't I don't know what jumping yeah. over into the Democratic pool helps do. Maybe gets him more publicity, but I feel like if he stay independent, he would still get the same attention he's been getting. I don't know why he has to jump from party to party. But I know a lot of them ain't fucking with him off that too, so I'm just like, I don't know how much support he would get if he won the whole thing, <clears throat> won a nominee. So I just feel like Biden is ultimately going to win. And because Biden really wasn't doing too well, I thought it was going to be between um, Sanders and Warren. But for him to come yeah. out on Super Tuesday and people just went out, voted, supported him, and he was winning all those states, I was just like, he might just take that nomination. And Mike Bloomberg can already put his money behind him, so that's going to help out a lot as far as like advertising Harris campaign. Harris did too today. Harris came out and supported Kamala? Mm-hmm. Okay, mm-hmm. and then Warren is waiting. So, yeah. I mean, I we vote here on Tuesday. So, mm-hmm. I don't necessarily know who I'm voting for. I can't Sanders say. Sanders also canceled his trip. Yeah, to, him, uh, him and Biden. Biden. Him and Biden. Mm-hmm. I think Sanders is preparing for the worst. I think the this past Super Tuesday probably showed him some stuff. And I think it's like, at this point, maybe they kind of already see how stuff is going to go. So I feel like he might just be trying to wrap stuff up and just go ahead and concede or drop out and just give it to Biden. Um, I'm not really sure who I'm going to vote for. I mean, it's not like I've been paying that much attention to this campaign run with all these candidates or these debates, but I'm just like, at this point, whoever gets the nomination, I'm voting for you. I hate to be that way, but I just want Trump the fuck out of here. So, between Sanders and Biden, whoever wins the nomination, just know I'm voting for whoever. Yeah. We gotta vote, and people don't need to be saying... Well, my person didn't make it, so I'm not voting at all. Like, no. The point is to get Trump out of office. Right. Legit. That should be the main focus. Right. Right. Yeah. And that's all I got to say on that point. Um. Okay. So, let's. what's the other bullshit? Do we want to do Nikki's husband? Do we want to do some of the little local I mean, stories? Let's get her out of the way. No, okay. Let's get her out of the way. What happened with that? So, I didn't hear nothing about that. basically, he was arrested by U.S. Marshals because he did not register as a sex offender in California. So he was arrested, Mm. and I think he could face up to 10 years in jail for not registering. And with this, with him registering, Nikki's address will become public. So people will know her exact address, where she lives. (laughs) Like, yeah, that's the gotcha gotcha with it. (laughs) Damn, you're getting a good cap. You know what this feels like? But the gag is. Yeah. Um... (laughs) this is basically similar from uh, their rape case that happened back in like the 90s Um, and he went to jail for four years and got out it was for attempted rape yeah it was attempted rape the woman said that she was walking down the street and he came up behind her and she felt something being pushed uh, like some type of weapon and she heard a click so she thought it was a gun so she was scared so I think like he told her don't make a sound he walked her to some building or some alley pushed her on the ground, got on top of her and held a knife to her stomach and proceeded to penetrate her. And somehow she was able to fight him off and get away. But how was that attempted rape and not rape? I I don't know. I feel like there's that story and then there's another story where he's saying, or the story Nikki believes, where he says that they were dating and they were having consensual sex and because she was maybe a little bit younger than him and the parents weren't fucking with it, they basically accused him of rape. And my whole thing is, I don't think that, I don't really know the the details of the case. Because people get accused all the time, and it may be wrong, and people go to jail for stuff that they didn't do. But I don't Mm -hmm. think they would have convicted you if it wasn't solid proof and evidence that something happened. That you raped this woman. So, or attempted to rape her. So, I tend to believe the victim over him. But I'm just like Nikki. Out of all the niggas you could have in the world, <clears throat> I just don't understand why this is what you pick. And you know, love is blind. You know, you can't help who you fall in love with. But this nigga is bringing you down. It's not. 
it's not looking too good for you. You've been on a steady decline for like the past couple of years now. Maybe like the past two or three years. And it's this ain't making it no better. So yeah. and it's it's really like if he would just handle his fucking business, this shit wouldn't have to be blasted out in the news. Cause all people gonna do is talk shit and say, I told you so, or say this is her karma, or say, you Damn, know what a lawyer is it? I don't know, but it has to be bad if US Marshals have to come and pick you up and arrest you. It has to be bad because it's like you knew you were supposed to register, so why didn't you do that? So now you're making it, especially after that shit that happened in Trinidad where um, he had kind of like pushed somebody. They was over there for carnival and somebody was, I guess, leaning across him to try to like talk to her. And I think he like pushed him out the way or whatever. And she was like, well, you know, I have to apologize because he don't understand how culture is over there. And I guess he thought this way and that really wasn't the case it's just how we greet each other over there so then the follow up with this is just kind of like you ain't looking too good and I think Mm. the reason why we don't see him on social media is because he's on parole so he can't have social media and do all that stuff and then I think they said the only reason why they even found out he wasn't registered because either she posted a picture or somebody took a picture of him outside of a school over there and you know when you a sex offender you cannot even be Nowhere near a school, children, nothing like that. So I'm just like, Nikki, you can do so much better, but the choices you've been making these past couple of years, I don't know why I'm surprised. I don't know. But she needs to get her team to help him out. Like that should have been taken care of. If you know that you are potentially involved with somebody that has a past like that and was convicted of actually alleged like okay, was convicted of attempted attempted rape. Get your ducks in a row. Like your team should have been all over this. Get your ducks in a row. Quack, quack. Right. Get your house in order before you stop parading this man up and down the street. Yeah, and if she keep him on social media when she keep posting pictures of him and will say, Ooh. oh, my man don't like attention and he just be laughing at y'all when y'all be clowning him and I'm like, but you seem like you want the attention. You seem like you're thirsty for the attention, though. Stop posting this nigga. If you love him like you say you do, stop posting this nigga. If you don't care what they say, why you got to keep addressing that you don't care? If I don't care about you, I ain't going to think about you. I ain't going to say shit to you. I'm going to look right through you. If I don't like you, I don't care about you. I ain't going to keep bringing you up. I ain't going to keep talking about you. So you should keep that same energy. Stop posting him. Or turn off your comments. Or stop saying you don't care, but you making a post about how you don't care and how you see the comments. You made that decision. This the man you want to marry. This the man you want to fund. Because you you paying for his and your lifestyle. And it's the man you want to have kids with. So be content with that decision. (coughs) And I just pray it works out for you. Because I wouldn't want to be with no man that got that type of rap sheet. Especially rape, I would have been out. Like, nope, I'm good. Rape, attempted rape, whatever, I don't, mm-mm. I'm good on that. So, good luck, Nicki Minaj. All right. <laughs> um, <clears throat> what's next? That's what you like. Uh, I shit. guess we can do the local stuff. So, what you want to do first? You know, you did see the video I just sent with the teens jumping a girl. What the hell is that? It's like 30 of them. Like what is the first of all, that's my first time really seeing that video. I saw the story posted oh a couple of days ago, and I was just like, "Are you fucking kidding me?" Like basically, what happened was what you saw in the video. Like, and that's if that's if I'm not mistaken, if that's in Crown Heights, that might be a. I thought it was a Utica Avenue by me because that's when I used to live in Brooklyn. Utica Avenue was two stops up from me on the train, but there's another Utica Avenue on the three and four train, so I think it was over there on that end. But basically, like, they ran up on this 15-year-old girl. She was minding her business, walking down the street, started punching her, kicking her, and basically jumped her, these 12 boys, between the ages of 15 and 17, and stole her uh, shoes. She had some Air Jordan 1s on, and I think they stole some money. Are you yes, serious? stole her shoes, and then stole some, uh, I think, some money from her. And I think she went to the hospital 
for some head injuries or something like that. And I'm so glad the security called it because they now arrested five of the 12 boys. And one lady came out. Mm -hmm. Her son was one of the boys that jumped her. And she was like, I kept seeing the video on my feet. And I looked and I had to watch it twice because I saw my son. And I was so disappointed because I didn't raise him like that. And she said, I told him to turn himself in. And he was hesitant at first. But when I came back from the house, he was gone and he had turned himself in. But I'm like, first of all, why didn't you beat the fuck out of him? Fuck out of him. And you left him at the house? You didn't take him to the police station? I'm going to beat your ass. I'm going to beat you again for good measure. And then I'm going to personally escort you up there to turn yourself in. Because for you to have the audacity to jump, to to go in on that shit and jump and rob a 15-year-old defenseless girl. We talking about a female now. Even if it was a boy, I still would respect that shit, but y'all jumped on some girl over some fucking shoes. And I mean, they were straight kicking her, punching her. No regard for her. Could have killed this girl. She could have pulled out a weapon and started smoking mm-hmm. everybody in the vicinity. Y'all don't know anything could have happened. I would have beat the shit out of him. Mm-mm. I would have beat him Ooh. like he was trying to beat that girl up in that video. Because I don't get it. Somebody in the comments was like, Man, I don't know why y'all surprised shit like this happened in New York every day. Niggas getting jumped every day, B. They don't make it right. <laughs> but so I think sad. y'all so like used to seeing traumatic ass shit like this happen. There's just nothing for y'all to look and just keep going on about y'all day. Because I didn't have friends and told me crazy ass stories that that happened on trains, on buses, on the street. And it's just like, it is what it is. It ain't, it's just uh, every, Over some everyday occurrence in New York. So I'm just like over some shoes. I feel like everybody should be arrested. I don't give a fuck how old you are. I hope they get jail time. I'm not feeling bad for no motherfucking body. Right. And the ones that still out there, I hope you motherfuckers that know who it is. I hope y'all jump them niggas back so they know how it fucking feels. And I hope y'all take their shoes and they iPhone and they money and they AirPods, the little whack ass diamond earrings they probably got in their ear. I thought... hope y'all strip them of everything so they know how it feels to be embarrassed and humiliated and beat down. I always thought it was cold to leave women alone. No. Nah. No, no, I don't think so. Because that's the case, we wouldn't be having these women out here getting raped, assaulted, harassed. Ain't no, ain't no code. I just couldn't understand like why y'all would just run up on that girl over some fucking shoes. Like instead of just running in the footlocker and 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 trying the shoes on and putting your shoes in the box and walking out, y'all gonna jump some innocent ass girl who minded her business. Probably just got off the goddamn train and trying to go home after being at school all fucking day. And y'all gonna jump her and take her shoes and whatever other belongings and possessions she had. And where are the people on the street to break mm-hmm. this shit up? Where are the old heads out there that could break that shit up? Like nobody. Like where's the sense of community? Where if you see some shit, you don't allow that shit to go down. Because back in the day, stuff like that wouldn't have happened. This new generation of folks, okay. I don't know if we're concerned about our own safety and protection or we just don't give a fuck, but if somebody had jumped my sister like that, I'm telling you, we hunting these motherfuckers down and we finna whoop their ass because there is no way you finna touch my sister, my little brother, jump them, take their shit and think you finna walk around here free like that. No way. Where? Uh, we was just talking about this on This Is Us. You not finna touch mine and think that you finna walk around here safe and protected. Nah. Yeah. That's okay. So I, I'm glad that she alive. I hope that she is okay. In more New York news, I think that other incident with those police officers jumping their man and attacking him, I think that also happened mm-hmm. in New York too. At least it looked like it happened in New York, but it may have been Girl. Philly. I'm really not sure. I didn't watch the video because it's just like I don't, I can't even remember the last time we talked about an unarmed black person being shot down in the streets or being harassed by police. I feel like it's been a minute because mm-hmm. at one point it just felt like it was happening every other week. But I couldn't watch the video. Did yeah. you see it? Mm-mm. I don't, I don't yeah. see that like that. The girl was enough getting yeah. jumped. I mean, I did see the beginning where like and this was a couple of days ago when I saw it, where like the the cop rode up on him or had him posted up against that wall, and somebody was saying the dude was like, "I mm-hmm. never thought this would happen to me," and I'm like, 
oh, that's so fucking sad. And the next thing I see is a bunch of cops like all up on him. And I'm just like, I'm I'm glad he is alive. I think that is the blessing we can take out of this. But I'm so sick of y'all cops harassing black folks for no reason. And this can always segue into the next story about that black woman being charged. But I'm just so sick of y'all bothering us when we don't do shit and then going to the extreme for no reason. I'm just glad the man is alive. My heart can't take it. I did not want to watch the video and I still don't want to watch it. I'm just happy he is alive. Um, to that other story. Did you read that about the lady? I, I just, mm-mm. I saw, mm-mm. just give a brief. <laughs> I can't take news like this anymore. I don't know what's wrong with me. It makes me like extremely emotional. So I really want to get to. Because you sent them in like order, but I saw the girl first. I was like, if this is what Leah's this is what you sent me. I can't watch this. So I can't. I can't read that together. I'm gonna have to read it. So basically, charges officially dropped against grieving mother who was arrested for screaming when she saw her daughter's lifeless body. So mm-hmm. on Thursday, misdemeanor charges were formally dropped against Naisha Beeman following her arrest the night her daughter was fatally fatally shot in an Avalon Park convenience store last week. Her daughter, 18-year-old nursing student, Jaya Beeman, was one of five people shot inside Southside Convenience Store while buying snacks on February 25th. Jaya stopped there along with her date, who was also shot in the neck. However, he was stabilized at Northwestern Memorial Hospital. Three other people were injured. Um, A 17-year-old girl who was shot in the arm, chest, and ankle. An 18-year-old woman shot in the back. And a 63-year-old man shot in the leg. But Jaya was the only one who succumbed to her injuries. When Naisha Beeman saw her daughter's body at the University of Chicago Medical Center, she became so overcome with grief that she began screaming, falling to the floor. Relatives claimed that hospital workers became annoyed and complained about Beeman's behavior, which resulted in officers being called. Relatives say that Beeman was forcefully dragged away by officers and shockingly charged with battery and resisting arrest, both misdemeanors. She spent the night of her daughter's murder behind bars. Now... What was really pissing me off was the fact that this woman was arrested for grieving. Now, I cannot imagine walking in the hospital and seeing my child dead, having that type of visceral reaction and being punished for it because the hospital workers were annoyed. If you motherfuckers have ever lost anybody, have you ever been overcome by grief? You would know what she was feeling like. And even then, you may not know, especially if you don't know what it's like to carry a child, have a child, raise a child, and bury a child. But the fact that she got charged, I just... (laughs) When I read the headline, I was like, this has to be a joke. It has to be a joke. Because there is no fucking way. Girl, we can't breathe while being black. Why do you think we could cry while being black? For some reason, it made me think of this Grey's Anatomy episode. There was this one episode, and I just saw it maybe like a month ago. I don't even know you. This is an old Grey's Anatomy episode. This was like early season one, season two, where this lady husband got shot in the stomach with like some kind of bazooka, and she would not stop. Oh, yeah, I remember that. And low key, I was like, somebody should slap her because (laughs) the way she was screaming, and that lady was doing a great job acting, but the way she was screaming, it was getting to be a little too much. It was like you needed her to calm down. Because one, they needed her to explain what the fuck happened. And he wasn't out the woods yet. He wasn't dead or anything. But it's like now I can kind of understand being in shock, being sad. Like you just really can't believe what happened. So you kind of stuck on loop of like, what the fuck? What the fuck? You know, like you just saw some shit. You just yeah. witnessed some shit. There's a possibility your loved one might be dead or dying. So I can understand now why she was screaming like that. But I just feel like to to drag her out of the hospital, to be annoyed for nobody to have any symptoms and try to calm her down or take her into the next room, slap her ass, something. Like, to call the cops and then the cops drag her out and say, oh, we finna charge her with resisting arrest. She fucking, her daughter just fucking died. What do you want her to do? Her 18-year-old daughter, still a baby, in college, going to be a nurse. She is dead. What the fuck do you want her to do? If your mama, your daddy, your children got shot, how the fuck would you react? And I hope them hospital workers got fired because that was fucked up. It's like Black History Month just ended and y'all already just, y'all already on y'all bullshit. Y'all back on it. 
We can't do anything. <sighs> I'm praying for that woman. I'm, I'm praying for her because she gonna need it. And the fact that she had to spend a night in jail after just finding out her daughter. After finding out that, yeah. Then it's just it's sick. It's a sick world we live in. And I just wonder how that would have been handled had she been a white woman. <laughs> Emphasis on It's white. not funny. It's not funny. White. Say we should just right. start whispering it. If she was a white woman. Walker, how they would have treated her. You know they gonna come out and say that this racist. Call and be white. <laughs> this shit they did to that woman was racist. And if that was my mama, y'all dragged it yeah. out of there, I would have cussed every last one of y'all out. Y'all would have had to take me with her. Because to call that shit, call her grief annoying, like, let's see somebody shoot your child and see how you act. Oh, Jesus. All right, let's tackle this coronavirus. Um, it's getting stressful. Yeah, it hasn't hit streets. the South like that yet, so I'm going to let you talk about it because it's really up there with y'all. <laughs> I'm trying to get to the south just for that. But um, yesterday, uh, New York declared a state of emergency. Um, they have 76 confirmed cases of the coronavirus. I think it was like at 22 on Friday, and on Saturday, it jumped to 76. Um, so I, on Friday night, it was Friday night, right? Is that Friday night? Yeah, it was Friday night. Friday night, I went grocery shopping. I wanted to stock up on all of my non-perishables because that's what my elder, my elder members of the family told me to do. They said, baby, don't be up there playing with that damn virus. I know folks saying that it ain't worse than the flu. The flu didn't kill that many people. Listen, we don't care about none of that. Anything that affects your health, you need to be prepared for it, which is a good, you know, way to look at it. So, like, I just went and stocked up on my non-perishables. I bought me a case of water, even though I have water that comes out of my refrigerator in my apartment, but still felt like it was important to have water. Um, and I even tried to get, like, you know, the Clorox, not Clorox, the Clorox wipes and Lysol, like, sprays and all that type of stuff. Girl, when I said to go through three different stores just to get some wipes, and then you get to the aisle and they say, we are limiting of the amount or the quantity you can get per household. So, like, I was like, wow, this is some serious. Of course, all the hand sanitizer is gone. Um, and then I was like, you know, let me stock up on my immune support. Like, you know, vitamins. No vitamins, nowhere in sight. I had to go, again, three different stores just to get some emergency. Like, to get my vitamin, like, tablets. I know this like is that. super random and I don't mean to, like, be us, of course. But you remember them Flintstone vitamins our parents used to make us eat? Them hard, chalky mm-hmm. ones. <laughs> them little chalky, horrible. But they probably kept us vitamins. healthy. But I got the, they probably did, but I got the emergency. I got two sets. So I bought me two things, uh, the emergency type stuff. I got the little gummy okay. bear tablet thingies. Uh, <clears> and I be ODing on them. I take like six Because they taste like candy. Uh, yeah, you should. probably slow down. Um... But yeah, like everybody is definitely on like heightened security. It's weird. The racism is unbelievable, especially like with the Asian community. Like they're saying that the business in China down has like suffered tremendously just because they feel like the people that work in Chinatown are somehow connected to the people from China where the coronavirus like really, mm. you know, like started. Um, they have like Asian people getting beat oh up my on the God. street just because Why? they have on a mask. Like, yeah, it's, like, ridiculous. It's freaking ridiculous. And I was saying that it's weird because this virus just makes you look at people so differently. Mm. Like, when I was on the subway going to work, I was just looking at everybody like, damn, are you sick? Are you sick? Trust no one. Am I sick? (laughs) And not knowing it? Like, trust no one. That's how I was feeling. Because, like, it takes, like, 14 days or something for it to start showing signs or whatever like that, and then you had to get quarantined. So it's just a lot. It's just like, wow, I don't know if I've inhaled or, like, been around somebody that's sick. You got people lying about their traveling and then getting other people sick. It's just... 
that it's just too much. They need to start implementing work from home days. We already on a travel ban with my job. We can't like go to the certain countries or whatever where it's really hit the hardest. Like places like Italy. I have a sister in Ooh. Italy. Um, I told her we all been telling her don't go no like don't go outside or do that thing. She definitely is not going anywhere because she's a hypochondriac just like me. Um, and we don't. Play yeah, and you like know that. it's getting serious when like big music festivals are starting to cancel their events like South by Southwest yeah they canceled, got canceled. South by Southwest what was the yeah. other festival that got canceled cause like Twitter dropped out of that one I don't know but I know Twitter dropped out of South by Southwest like last week and I was like as soon as I saw Twitter dropped out I was like they finna cancel it must it. be it's cases reported there are they just trying to be safe because they know people coming from everywhere what yeah, everybody. But my thing traveling. is, how y'all gonna refund everybody their money back? How people gonna get money back for hotels and all that stuff that they didn't pay a year in advance for? Like, how does that work? <laughs> because that's a lot of money people probably spent preparing for this. It's and my lot. thing is, if this, if they canceling this, you can forget about Coachella. Um, I mean, mm-hmm. our award shows gonna be next. Like, it's a lot of stuff. It's very interesting to see. And I mean, I was jokingly saying the other day to you, like, it's the end of all days. Like, shit, world coming to an end. But I don't know. I feel like it's only scaring me because of how rapid people are getting it, and how it just jumped from being all the way over in China mm-hmm. and thinking, oh, we safe, ain't nothing gonna happen because it's not in the U.S. yet. To like coming over here and it only take one person to, like and really and I'm telling how many it could be a hundred people that probably had it and didn't know it just from touching stuff or being around certain people or motherfuckers act like they don't know how to wash their hands you know but it just take one person to get infected to sneeze and not put sanitizer on touch something and a hundred other people touch that shit and now we all got it I just need you to be safe yeah and then with South by Southwest, they say, like, this is the first time they've had to cancel it in, like, over 30-plus years. And, like, it's in Austin, Texas. And, like, yeah. it's hurting the economy there because they're about to lose, like, 300 and Jesus. something million in, like, revenue. Jesus. Yeah. And they cancel, like, conferences and stuff within the cosmetic industry, Yeah, too. it's getting real out here. I mean, I looked up because I wanted to know exactly what coronavirus was, but they don't even know what it is. It's just the symptoms are, like, fever, shortness of breath, and coughing. Pneumonia. The critical cases and, I mean, are pneumonia a, and respiratory uh, A lot of people are infection. dying from it, but then there are a lot of cases where, you know, like, people are still recovering. I know Fox News interviewed this man and his daughter who had recovered from it, but he was coughing all on camera and stuff. I'm like, you need to take your ass back on in the house because you ain't oh with coughing. The daughter <laughs> coughing and blinking. They sharing water back and forth. I'm like, y'all ain't doing nothing but passing the damn germs back and forth. And you don't need to be drinking nothing she yeah. drinking because kids be full of germs. I can attest to that because I got a motherfucking stomach virus mm-hmm. this past week. So, please, I need you to be careful. Hopefully, we don't get it down here because it hasn't really hit the South like it has the North. I know a couple of people in Washington, the state died. You just said it's 76 cases where you at. Yeah. And that it's a state of emergency. And I think today, Italy is quarantined. They decided to quarantine 16 million people. Because it's spreading way too fast in Italy. It's like oh, a no. I'm holding like out hope because we had the same problem with the Ebola stuff and with the swine flu. And yeah, then we had it with the flu. So like a lot of people are comparing it to the flu, but I'm just like, we know what yeah. the flu looked like. Like we know what that looks like, feels like, all of it. This is mm-hmm. something so new, novel. Like this is why we panicking. We don't. We have and we don't know where it came from. That's like the thing. We can't track the origin of. We don't know if it's food related. We don't know if it's chemical related. We don't know if it's just the fact that somebody didn't wash their hands. And it's more than likely what it is. A combination of germs found each other. They made it and created a whole new fucking disease because mm-hmm. people are nasty. And I think people really out here don't be washing their hands. So please wash your hands and don't touch yeah. your face. Yeah. <clears throat> Yeah, but just be careful out there. Um, were were those all the stories? Because I know I sent you a couple of links, but I know one in particular we didn't have to talk about. Um, a story that just happened today, but I don't think you saw it. Is the baby okay? I saw him apologize, but I didn't know what he was apologizing for. 
Yeah, it's a video going around of him slapping a woman at one of his concerts. And they booed him out of the venue for slapping her. Mm. So, like, the video shows, like, her phone with the flashlight or whatever. Maybe she's recording. Maybe she didn't see him coming. I don't know. But the, the phone hits him in the face. But not, like, a hard hit or something that looked intentional. But he slapped the hell out of her. Like, slapped her. Mm. Like, a man slapping a woman. And, like, people are just upset about him, of course. People saying that he's going to be on the red <laughs> table talk next week. All this type of stuff. But it's just, like, uh-huh. damn. Like, I really liked him. But, like, he keeps putting himself or he keeps getting into these situations where it's just, like, do you want this or not? Yeah, we like, were just talking about up. standism and how, like, once I said I stand for a certain individual, they bound to fuck up. But... I know when I did see the apology, mm-hmm. he was like, you know, he apologized, but, you know, he couldn't see, he couldn't tell that she was a woman and that he couldn't see because the flashlight or something but, was in his face. Almost kind of like trying to excuse his behavior. Right. But he's but trying you, to put his hands on people. This is literally like she, the fourth incident where you have put your I'm hands saying. on people. And it's like, you need to, you have that big and ass you need to work that out. bodyguard. Get that nigga to put hands on folks if you need to. Or you need to back the fuck up away from right. folks and stop being so intimate and close in their face. And stop going to concerts like that. And you in a whole nother light now. You cannot be acting like this. Do better. Grow up. Take accountability for your actions because I think the apology was definitely an excuse. Come on, come on. I'm so sorry that it was a woman at the other end of the flash. So basically, if it was what? a man... He shouldn't be, like, just stealing on folks in wouldn't. general. Mm, he would have okay. felt justified. You gonna fuck it up for yourself, the baby. And then they equate that... Right, and then they be equating it to if I hit a man, I'm real. I'm a real man. Like, no. Like, stop equating it to, like... That, see, this just sounds like toxic masculinity. <laughs> like, stop equating your manhood to you putting your hands on another man. Like you shouldn't yeah, do better, the baby. Um, I think there was one more topic I sent you. It was about Rhapsody. Um, and she was interviewed with I think Talib Kweli's podcast, and basically she had said that she was kind of tired of people who were comparing her, like you know, to put down other female artists. They'll bring her into the conversation, like for example, with a Cardi B. Like we need more Rhapsodies. And less Cardi B's because Cardi B ain't talk about nothing and we don't like what she represent and blah, 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 blah. And she's kind of getting sick and tired of like using her to put other mm-hmm. female women down. And she kind of feels like, you know, you know, Cardi is a conscious rapper because she's talking about a lifestyle that she's lived and experienced. So she's conscious and aware of like who yeah. she is, what she's been through. And she talks about that in her raps. And, you know, a lot of people was like, yes, I agree. I get it. Other people was like, mm, that's not necessarily true. Like, I saw somebody saying our ancestors didn't go through all this for us to be big enough Cardi B's and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, you hope to niggas always want to bring up the ancestors and this shit. And I'm just like, (laughs) I mean, if you don't like her, you just don't like her. Cardi B is not the best rapper in the world. No one is saying that. But if they feel like she is, that's just their fucking opinion. Opinions are like assholes. Everybody has them. And my thing is, Y'all always attacking Cardi B in some of the most random situations. Like, it don't even have to be about her. And somehow she gets brought up. And it's just like, if you don't like her, that is fine. But Cardi B is minding her business. For the past almost couple of months, she's been out of the the media as far as, like, getting on social media and clapping back at folks. And that's Mm -hmm. probably because she's been busy and working on her album. She make her money. She ain't never came out here and said, I'm just this ultra lyricist. I write my own raps. She is honest about the fact that she just had work done, that she has writers that help her rap. I mean, what more do y'all want her to do? It's not like she out here perpetrating. She's she honest saying, about I everything. Don't rap. I just want to come here, make my music, and make money. It's these fucking trolls make my money. that has stirred up <laughs> all this shit, all these wars between stands, and they just yeah. sit back and watch you motherfuckers tear each other apart. And I just don't get, like, why, if you don't like Cardi B, we can't just not like her and mind your business. Why we got to always bring her up in comparison to other rappers? Because, see, y'all making her the standard when you keep bringing her up. No one else is doing it. I mean, I don't think Cardi B is the, the best rapper of all time, but I do like her music. It's catchy. It's a bop. I like her flow. Yeah. 
you know? And I like how honest she is. And I like her personality, like her personality too, even though sometimes too. she can be problematic. But y'all gotta stop. And I mean, I agree with what Rhapsody said. Everybody gonna take that consciousness shit and run with it and be like, no, it's gotta be somebody that's a lyricist or it's gotta be about something meaningful. But listen, you say it how you right. want. If that was the case, majority of y'all male rappers wouldn't be conscious rappers. I mean, I feel like when I think about conscious male rappers, I'm thinking case. about like the big crits, the J. Coles, the Kendricks. I'm not even thinking about these right. rules, these uh, boats, pumps, yachts, uh, Kodak Blacks. I'm not even thinking yeah. about them because most of them are just perpetrating. Well, maybe a few really are about their life, but most of them just perpetrating. But I mean, Cardi B is just as conscious as a a J Cole or a Kendrick Lamar who are just talking about their experiences. So just because she's not a fucking lyricist yeah. or you know her shit ain't about <laughs> growing up poor, which I feel like she's talked about maybe some of that in her records, if I'm not mistaken, that don't mean that she's not a conscious rapper, you know. They gave a bitch two options, stripping a lose. Yeah, but um, I think that was the last topic. That was everything I wanted to discuss. That is going to conclude our topic segments. We're going to move into our second segment, which is the Welcome to Adulthood segment, where we complain about adulting. You know, we talk about our experiences as newly, uh, newly formed adults. And uh, we give you some advice. If we have any, I don't really have one. Do you no, have do anything you? for adulting? Mm. Um, I had it and then I lost it. Damn. Oh, I got a bet. So, <clears throat> I think I'm going through a a quarter midlife Ooh, crisis. What does that mean? Because I turned <clears throat> oh I my turned god in May. And I'm just looking at like, I guess I put, I'm, I'm too hard on myself, definitely. But it's like, I put way too much pressure on myself on things that I should have accomplished by like a certain age. And I just don't feel like I'm there yet. And it's just like, why? Like, why is everything moving so slow? And not to say that like, I'm not being patient. It's just, I just saw myself differently. But I'm also, like, as I'm looking around in my apartment right now, like, this is a big come up to me that I think for somebody that's 25. Like, I got my own car. Two jobs, work place. hard. Yes, you I a bad bride. But I'm it's sorry. not horrible. <laughs> <laughs> but it's just like, I think I just need to, like, not necessarily sit down and chill out, but, like, just be mm-hmm. mindful, I guess, of all the blessings that I have because it could be a lot different. And I'm trying, like I'm trying, like I'm investing in stocks, like I'm trying to save my money, like I'm trying to grow my toolbox to my career. I'm trying to progress in my career. It's not like I'm sitting stagnant. I'm like, I'm stagnant because I don't feel like nothing is progressing, but I'm making steps to at least try to progress, if that makes sense. So I guess my welcome to adulthood is like, it's easier said than done, <clears throat> for sure. But try not mm. to be so hard on yourself. And it's like, it's weird. It's like a catch-22 because life is so short. Every day is not promised. But it's like I'm trying to get to that level where, like, I'm enjoying every day of my life. And right mm. now, I don't feel like this. Like, right now, like, I'm just, I'm sitting on my emerald <laughs> green couch. It's velvet. It just feels like luxury. And I'm just like, girl. You, this was in your picture okay, boards when you was in high school. Like, come on, you checking stuff off, girl. This couch cost me three hundred and some dollars. That is a bad for a You think so? It came out of a box. That's a lot for a couch. Together. <laughs> but yeah, that's my welcome to adulthood. Enjoy, enjoy, honey. You're doing fine, sweetie. Enjoy. Okay, that concludes this segment. Once again, I did not have anything like I normally haven't had anything for the past year. Um, but hopefully that'll change as the year progresses. We're going to be back after this quick break. So, you know, we think about topics like basketball wives and Donald Trump, but you don't know what we're listening to. Every few weeks, Daya and I will be releasing the DNA playlist. 
a culmination of 10 songs that reflect our music taste and act as an extension of our personalities. Coming out this week is Volume 7 with sounds from Van Jess, Party Next Door, and Alina Berez. You can access the playlist on our Spotify page in addition to previous volumes. Now, let's get back to the show. So, um, on February 27th, I had the pleasure of going to a exhibit that Jackson State's Margaret Walker Center was hosting called, um, I want to get the name right. So give me one second because I have pictures. Tragedy and Triumph, the Lives of the Gibbs Green Survivors. And I'm not sure if you're aware of this, but back in May of 1970, um, Mississippi Highway Patrolmen like marched through Jackson State's campus and just started firing off rounds like all through the campus, especially outside of Alexander Hall, which is a girls' dormitory. And they ended up shooting and killing two individuals, mm-hmm. 21-year-old Phillips Lafayette Gibbs and 17-year-old James Green. And James Green wasn't even going to Jackson State at the time. He was just walking home from high school, and he just happened to be walking by and got hit with a straight bullet. And 11 others were injured, um, men and women. And basically, they are using this exhibit to kind of highlight the people who passed and the survivors and kind of show them past their victimization. So basically, they release placards of, like, their life story and, like, family photos of them and, like, their kids or, you know, uh, them at Jackson State. And so far in the exhibit, they had about five. Um, They're still going through the process of calling people and contacting survivors and getting their stories. And this year marks the 50th anniversary of that incident. Um, So I think what was really special about this exhibit is that one of the men who passed away for years, they have been trying to get in contact with his family or get any of his family to come down for like the annual ceremony they do every year in June. And somehow the director of the center uh, got a phone call from his widow and they were able to go to Arizona, sit down, meet his two sons. Um, talk to her about what happened, meet his granddaughter, and he said the family is making plans to try to join them for the 50th anniversary ceremony in May. So I thought that was really dope because when I went to the ceremony last year, and that was my first time ever hearing about what happened on Jackson State campus because really I had never been on Jackson State campus before, and I've been in Jackson all my life, and I'm like, I never heard about this happening, so that's kind of telling that I'm from here and I ain't never heard of this and nobody else has either. And it's mostly because one day probably don't talk about it as much. And when this happened, this happened, I think a couple of days after the Kent state shooting that happened on their campus. So I think it gets uh, the Kent state shooting overshadowed mm-hmm. this event at Jackson state, because that was about the war. That was about students protesting the war. Um, I think it was the Vietnam war. And this was more a uh, random out of nowhere shooting that happened on campus the ceremony is in june and i was at this exhibit i was able to interview one of the survivors his name was vernon weekly and he kind of took me through what happened that day and was basically like this white man just came through campus in this truck and was like hurling racial slurs at the students and when he got past the boys dormitory they started throwing shit at him and yelling back and so he got scared and he jumped out the car and ran and they set his truck on fire so that's when they called in the patrolmen to come in and put the fire out. Mm-hmm. And they thought that they were just going to, like, leave. But they came back through the campus, and they passed the boys' dorm, but the boys were screaming and yelling at them, and they didn't do nothing. And he and a couple of other Deltas were chilling outside the girls' dorm. So when the patrolmen got to them, they were doing the same thing the boys was doing. They didn't think nothing of it. But then he was just kind of like, all hell broke loose. Like, the next thing he knew, them guns came out, and they started shooting and he turned to run, and that's when he got struck, and he went to the ground. And he was just like, it was crazy because yeah. the good thing was that he had got hit early, and he was able to get down on the ground and stay there. But the bad thing was when he looked up, he was just looking around, seeing, like, everybody getting shot. People was trying to run inside the buildings. Like, he said the sky was just lit up with gunfire. And in one of the pictures on his display, 
that I saw him in, he said there was a guy in there. I know he said his name was Howie. And he said that he was one of the bravest ones that came out there and picked him up off the ground and got him so they wouldn't bleed to death. And the patrolman threatened that if he walked out of that dorm, they were going to shoot and kill him. But he came out there and got him anyway and dragged him back in the dorm and potentially saved his life because he probably would have just bled there to death if he hadn't come out there and got him. And he was like, that event really stuck with him. His life spiraled after that. And it wasn't until he talked to his family doctor who patched him up that night that he got his life back together. He published a book um, about what happened that day, which was a, a, a national bestseller. And he has a couple of other business ventures. And he spent 34 years working for the IRS. So even though it was probably one of the most traumatic days of his life, he says it's probably one of the, uh, one of the reasons that's made him into the successful man that he is today. So I just think that it's telling how, once again, our history gets suppressed. Because I never would have known about this if I didn't start working at this job. If I had not gone last year on assignment and covered the ceremony that they did for the 49th anniversary. And I'm sure there are plenty of other people who don't know. Like I was speaking to a girl who's from Cleveland, Ohio. She goes to Jackson State and she came on the HBCU tour and she didn't know anything about what happened until she took a class freshman year and they kind of explained what happened. So, Mm -hmm. of course, if a girl from Ohio don't know and a girl from Jackson don't know, there's a lot of other people who don't know about what happened on this campus. So I just think it's important for this, this story to get out there yeah. and for these survivors to keep telling their stories and keep talking about what happened. And I do know after this, they did sue the state of Mississippi um, and they, it went all the way to Supreme court, but they did not win. They lost. Um, but mm-hmm. at least they did sue. Mm-hmm. And I think the beauty is in the attempt. Because we can't just keep letting people do stuff like this to us and get away with it. Um, and I think it probably also helped get the story out there to people who didn't know. Because he was telling me when they went to to court in Mississippi first, he was like, he thought for sure they were going to win there because people in the courtroom were crying. The jurors were crying. Even the judge was crying. But they didn't win there. And he said when they got to the Supreme Court, the people from the Kent State shooting were also there. And they ended up going first. But because they felt like the court cases were so similar to each other, they did not rule in favor of Jackson State either. They didn't even, they just dismissed the case. They didn't even hear. So Mm. just like this, just like what happened in Tulsa, we got to keep these stories going. We got to keep talking about it. You know, I was telling him like, maybe you should make this into a movie. Mm. You know, you wrote, even though it was a nonfiction book, like you wrote, you write books. Like, maybe they should, you should make this into a movie. Because when you think about how with The Watchmen, mm-hmm. a lot of people didn't know what happened in Tulsa. People thought that shit was made up. You know, I saw it from a class I took in a documentary, and I didn't know about it until my senior mm-hmm. year in college. If I hadn't took that class, I probably never would have known. I kept hearing Black Wall Street, but I didn't know what it was. Um, and I think Crystals talks about it on the read sometimes, too. But, you know, just like mm-hmm. they put it in that show, and now people know about what happened. And I know, I think John Legend was trying to make a show about that. People should either put this in a show or on a movie, or at least, you know, somebody Mm -hmm. do a story about it, something. Maybe I have to do it. And hopefully it gets out there so people can know what happened here in Jackson and what happened on Jackson State campus. So it was a great exhibit. I met some really great people, made some connections. And, um, yeah, I can't wait for the 50th anniversary in May and to see the other survivors. Hopefully they all get to come out. And um, that's my homegirl. So this last segment is our movies, TV, and music. And mainly we are focusing on music. Um, And just to get her out the way before we get into (laughs) Megan. Doja Cat is still out here slaying my motherfucking. She is just slaying me. I'm officially a Doja Cat stan. I saw her live. Um, mm, performance mm, of mm, you mm, heard live Vivo mm, performance mm, of her mm, song Streets Vivo and I just love how dark it sounds I had never heard the song and when it came out and that beat drop and that bass come in I was like okay I'm, I'm fucking with it it has a dark tone to it you know she started out singing like she was on Say So and then she started <laughs> rapping her ass off and I'm like bitch you better fucking rap this shit 
And plus, I have subs in the back of my car, so I can literally hear me putting this shit on in the morning mm-hmm. when I'm going to work and, like, hearing that shit blast and rattle. But okay, I was bro. just like, when she started rapping, that second part, and the way she was going in, and it kind of added context to her situation because she broke up with her boyfriend a month ago. So hearing her talk about him in this song and then thinking about how they're not together no more, like, mm. I was just kind of like, damn, I feel you. I feel this song on a spiritual level because, like, you talking about marrying this nigga and introducing him to your parents and how you won't find another person like him and now y'all not together. It's just like the song hit way harder when you put it in context of what's happening with her right now. I'm just like, Doja Cat, I'm staying. I'm a stand because you never repeat yourself a song. Yeah. So far, I haven't heard a song that sounded the same. The visuals on point, the looks on point. You can sing, you can rap. You giving me everything that this next person is not giving me. So kudos to Doja. Let's go ahead and jump into <laughs> Megan. <laughs> Megan. Megan. Ooh, Megan. Megan, Megan, Megan. I love you, Megan. Megan. I really do. I love you. Are so sweet, Megan. I love your personality. You are a likable person. You pretty. You can wrap your fucking ass off, especially when you do them freestyles. But on the music front, we have got to have a serious talk because we need a new team, sis. I feel like you should probably just dissolve that fucking contract and sign with somebody mm-hmm. else or just be independent because really not they really leeching off of you and you're not making no money and all the money that you did make they could have went back into your brand but you you're not making nothing so maybe that's the issue maybe it's because your mom is not here anymore i don't really know but this album i want you to talk about it first because you just listened to it this EP is not an album. <laughs> I only, yeah, it's only not like an album. one. I I think I only like two songs. I Oof. like the song with Kaylani. I well, I feel like I like anything that Kaylani is on, so I may be biased, but it just felt softer um, than some of her stuff. That's very like, like the same and like aggressive. It just was different. And then Ooh. there's another song I can't remember the name of it, which she's kind of singing a little bit. I think I just like it because they those are the two songs I thought they sounded the most different on the whole EP. Because like I, I think the third song, the, the first only song, song I like was Savage. Me and I could be tripping on that part. Savage is the only one I like, and this one she be like. I don't remember the names of the songs. Something, something, something. Like it's the second song off the album. That's the only one I like. That first song. The beat wasn't matching the flow, and I was just like, "What is going on?" It's just a cacophony of, it's just a cacophony of sounds and flows that just don't match. The last three songs she was auto tune singing, I was like, "Don't ever do that again, Megan." And I don't really like her on that singing shit because I feel like her tone of voice and the way she raps is made for hard beats. Like Tina Snow, the beats that she was rapping on, they were perfect for her. Like she was fucking them beats up. I don't want to hear that singing shit. I don't like it. Don't work for everybody, and I feel like not every female artist has to do that. Mm. You could just you could just rap, and if you want to put a like a singing feature on it, let them do that. That's what they for. Let them sing, and you just yeah. rap your motherfucking ass off. But I was just like Megan, what the fuck is this? I let you get away with fever because you know it was a hot girl summer, and everybody just want to shake their ass and all that. But I'm tired of hearing the same shit. Uh, the production wasn't doing it for me. And then the host auto-tune singing just really took me out. I was just like, skip, skip, skip. I couldn't skip that Kaylani song fast enough. I was you like, said, oh, let ugh. me hear Because I was taking a shower also while I was listening to this. So I'm just oh like, I can't skip this song fast enough. fast enough. Let me hear it and wipe my hands off so I can like skip this because I was not feeling it. The Savage song was the only song that I liked. And that was because I liked the beat and I liked the way she was rapping on it. But the rest of that shit, and in that song with Gunna, she was, like, the way she was rapping seemed so bored and lazy. I was like, what is this shit, Megan? I skipped that shit, too. I was like, yeah. It sounds like you just hurry up and put this out because of the label situation and because you wanted to spike them. I don't know. It just don't seem well thought out. It don't seem cohesive. It just seems like a bunch of songs that you've been recording that maybe 
these probably mm-hmm. were songs that could have been for an album, but because of the shit going on, you just like, fuck it, since y'all won't let me put out music, let me go ahead and put out something just to spice y'all since I can finally put out some new music. And I'm going to just throw out these couple of songs that I didn't record it. Because it just... Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Try again. And I'm sure her mama used to be in her ear, like, getting her together, and her mom, rest her soul, is not here anymore. So maybe she's lacking that factor. Accountability. Like, ain't nobody holding her accountable. But that is it. That's it for today. You can follow us on Twitter at fish underscore underscore grits. And you can follow us on our new Instagram at fish, the letter N, Mm -hmm. grits, podcast, right? And please be on the lookout uh, or at least by this time when it's coming out. Listen to our uh, DNA playlist volume seven. And that's about it. All right. We'll see y'all next week. Bye-bye. Yeah.